I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. this week's Lost for Words podcast. I'm joined eventually this week by Jason. Jason, hello. Hello, Tom. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. You just got home, haven't you? From Sunday. I just got home from Sunday. <laughs> from Monday. Oh, yes, the car. Yes, the car wouldn't start last night. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, I made it sound like there were some big circumstances and it wasn't more than just your car broke down. It didn't break down. It, it didn't go anywhere to break down. It, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't leave. It wouldn't leave it the place. It wouldn't start, so we couldn't do yesterday. And hey ho, that's life in it. Doesn't matter. No, no big drama. Really. Well, look, we're still here, aren't we? That's the main thing. Is that yes. like we we never miss a week, do we? We don't miss a week. Mate. Um, and there's three events this week. One of them, which we're just going to very quickly zip through, because in about how many hours is it? Ten? Not even that, is it? They'll be playing. So. Uh, Look, it's the, the Golf in Dubai Championship is the first event of the week, Wednesday to Saturday. Um, good field, actually. Some good players in there. Uh, headlined by your one of your favourites, Bobby McIntyre, 12-1 uh, to favourite, followed by Bernd Wiesberger, 14-1, Wallace, 16-1, Kymer, 16-1, Peter and Dietrich, 18-1. to um, Any of the top lot you like? They've all got a chance, haven't they? Obviously, we're not massive fans of Matt Wallace at their prices ever. Um, Kaim was playing well, wasn't he? But, you know, so far he's been able to putt. Could have won two this year, I suppose. Yeah. Should have won Valderrama, the form, you know, which is uh, good form. Didn't. Uh, toss a coin between Peters and Dietrich. I really like Peters in this. Um, some of his uh, stats are just incredible. Um, obviously, six on the earth course last year. But, you know, 18 to one, who cares? Um, and... Uh, Robert McIntyre wins the Open in 2022 or three, I think. I can't remember. Is that based on a venue or is it just you just don't want it to be next year? No, I don't want it to be next year So I'm not <laughs> on at big enough prices yet. Uh, well, if, you know, I'll be there next year, so I wouldn't mind seeing him win. But here we go. Look, I've got one bet in this event. Um, I don't know how many you've got. Oh, it's three, is it you got, is it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I'm just going to just quickly run through mine. Alex Levy. Um, yep. I put a tweet out a little while ago, and it's it's not as if like I've broken any news or something, but he's got his mojo back, hasn't he? Uh, I think he said something about he's getting away from uh, technical sort of side of things and yep. just trying to get his feel back. Uh, since then, he's gone 16th at the Scottish Championship, 7th at the Showdown, and 6th last week in the Alfred Dunhill Championship. Um, you know... He's won a lot of times on the European tour, doesn't he? He's five-time winner. Um, you know, consistent 2014, 2016, 2017, 2018. So he had a year off last year. Um, but if, if this is going to play potentially how we think it is, he got the fourth in Oman in 2018, which sort of solidified my pick really for him because I wanted to sort of find a link of that sort. Um, but he's also played well in Abu Dhabi. He's got a seventh, Saudi's fifth. Uh, fourth in the Dubai Desert Classic. So he plays well in this sort of area, Middle East. Um, and I just think he's in great form. And, and eventually, I think he's going to capitalise. He strikes me as the type of player that when he gets the feelings like that, he's just going to go on and, and translate it into a victory. Um, that is obviously in, based on past um, success. So whether that, you know, it can't like, can't last forever, can it? When we talk about people like Joost Lauten and... Uh, Bernd Wiesberg and people that have all had that sort of long, you know, decent amount of wins, haven't they? And eventually that comes to an end unless you're a, 
you know, very top of the class. But yeah, I think he's a great winner. Um, I think he's a decent price in a field that, yes, it's got some decent names in it, but it's still not that deep, is it? Um, 50 to 1, 45 to 1 if you want an extra place. I was pretty happy with that. Anything yeah, I think, that's fair. I think yeah. Um, Ian put him up at something like 70 or something on first show. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely makes perfect sense. Looks happy, gets very emotional, a bit like um, um, my old mate Dean Burmeister on the greens. You know, if he misses one, he thinks he should get. You certainly know about it, don't you? Um, there's no calmness there. I wonder if that's, you know, that's to his detriment. But, you know, he's good fun to watch. When he's on, he's on and he fires at pins. This is looking like, um, oh, OK, it's a bit more linksy and it might get a bit more windy than the than the other course. Um, but really, it does look like you can just have a go down the fairway and uh, eight or nine, nine into every hole. And it'll be proximity, wouldn't it, to the pin. They're large greens. Don't want to really end up on the wrong tier as usual. But, you know, by hitting short clubs, and you shouldn't really be doing that. So if you're doing that, you're not good enough to win anyway no, this week. Luck, aren't you? Uh, so, yeah, you know, I can't argue with you. But I, I like Levy, Levy, whatever you want to call him. And, um, yeah, it's I suppose he's a little bit, little bit like last week's selection in Pablo Larrafabo. Is that type, he isn't is he? He's a bit fiery, yeah. um, like you say, a bit of flair, can get the hump. But I think that kind of plays into his success. I think that's why he's so successful. He's got wears his emotion on his sleeve. And, and when he gets in contention, he, he feels it and doesn't back down from it. So, yeah, he's just that type of player that you, I look at this, the top of the betting and I think, well, you know, there's plenty of people with plenty of chances. I mean, I just said any one of the favourites do you like. Well, mm. from Bobby McIntyre right down to Alex Levy, I, I give pretty much all of them a chance. You know, um, Tom Lewis, I thought was interesting to see how he come back. Uh, once, you know, he's been splitting his time, hasn't he? I think he struggled with that a little bit. Um, Rasmus Hogard, as you, yeah, as you could talk about off air, mm. isn't he? You know, he's he's shortening in the betting for obvious reasons. But and Sammy Valamaki as well, because he's a man open win, I thought was interesting at 33 to 1. But I just thought that out of those, if I'm just going to place you know a small amount, uh, Alex Leave at 45 and 50s is a. Uh, it's pretty good. I, you know, I can't believe he opened up at 75 to 1. I thought it was ridiculous. But, you know, 50s, I still think there's some value in there. So that's my one and done for the week. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Sammy Vanamaki. I mean, the, the, we, we talked about whether the form and, and we're going with, I, I know the Middle East is the Middle East, but we're, I think I'm going certainly with Amman and definitely Qatar as being slightly more relevant than, than form at the other Dubai course next week, the Earth course. Um we don't know how many of these are sort of teeing up for next week, really, how many are out there just to stay out there and, and have a go. So, yeah, I mean, everyone you mentioned has got a great chance. I, you know, I will big up Aaron Rye. I don't think he can win because I don't think he's long enough. I think he'll be taking, he'll be facing sort of players 40 yards ahead of him, uh, you know, on some holes. He could be on a four-timer by now. I mean, genuinely, he could be on a four-timer. Yeah, exactly. um, just want to mention, isn't it? Yeah, just a terrific season. Uh, but again, 25s is is a bit short. Andy Sullivan just ahead of him in the betting makes perfect sense. Very low scorer, plenty of form over in the Middle East. Um, he makes he makes some appeal. Um, I think he was 25, 30 maybe earlier on. Um, but like you say, everybody there. I mean, I don't like um, Adrian Naus at 33, same price as Valimaki. Um I can't have that. I thought he was. Uh, you know, I said it in the column over the weekend, and and most people have seen him now. Um, that back, that just, back nine just as frustrating as anything, doesn't it? Really, have a game plan, does he? Um, yeah. You know, it, it, that that uh, second shot, eighteen, the brilliant eighteenth at Leopard Creek is just a stunning hole. 
um, where he hit, but it was, you know, he hit a perfect drive on Saturday and had an eight iron in and uh, just pulled it so far. It, it, it was just, it didn't look good at all. We'd done the same on the 13th, I think, on Sunday, I think, on the par five. Um, so I couldn't have him for love nor money at that price, to be honest with you, anymore. And there's loads there. I mean, there's a few there, but, you know, if we're going to be quick, um, I looked at the likes of Callum Shinkwin, who does love a Lynx course, but hasn't got a lot in Middle East. But if he has turned the corner, he's always been a fantastic tee to green player. Um, he said that he's now got confidence in his caddy and, and the putting. Um, so as long as we don't get all that sort of Spider-Man stuff on the greens anymore. <laughs> um, he played brilliant in Cyprus. It may have been horses for courses. We don't know. Um, but he certainly didn't let the win affect him. He didn't go off and, and just take that. You know, he um, finished very well in the showdown. So I think we had a chance. But, you know, my number one, um, again, is uh, Jorge Campillo. Um by the way, just uh, yeah. for the record, Jorge Campillo is not paying us on the podcast to mention him every week. No, uh, no, no, no. He is just I, a very good golfer, isn't he? He is. A, it's frust- look, It's very frustrating. I mean, just interesting. I've just pulled up the trophy of sand of last year when he won. Um, and it's really good form. I mean, you've got Van Ruin in second. I know this is irrelevant to this. Fair enough, right? Except for a bit of undulation. Um, but Van Ruin was second. Suri played well last week, was third. Uh, sorry, tied second. Croker played possibly should have been in the playoff last week tied second david lipsky who won um the uh alfred dunhill last year was fifth um Kawamura, who you fancied last week you've got detry in the top 10 um uh, christian bears last week's fantastic champion in 14th um and they are the type of players that i think might contend this week the only issue is as i say I, I, you're gonna think need to be a longer driver than you had to be in morocco but you know for me, when he turns up, Campillo is, is, is brilliant. And obviously, he's got amazing form at Qatar. Tied second, 2019. Um, we went through all this last week. Um, obviously, won Qatar at the beginning of the year. And if anybody's going to pull up um, the fact that he was, quite frankly, dire last week, I, there's no reason why. Um, following that third at, at um, Cyprus when he hit Eagle on the last to get that bronze place, um, he missed the cut just before he won at Qatar. So he's exactly yeah, the type Amman, of player. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly the type of player that um, I think will drift. He, he's he's not a sexy player for people um, and the bookmakers. So so he will drift when he has a bad event, and when he does, and he returns to somewhere where we think, you know, he, he, his game suits, then I'm happy to take whatever he is, seventy or whatever he is. Um, Still some eighty to one about, isn't it? Uh, six Right. Okay. Yeah. In which case, yeah. I, I, you know. Yes. You're. He's boom or but he's not Larath about, is he? He's no. Not he's not. He's not quite as volatile as those two type of people that we're talking about. But he. Um. But that you know, it's, it's very quick, isn't it? You can tell what sort of week you're going to have with him. I think is probably more, you know, fairer thing to say. And and also just to add to those Qatar, uh, you know, win in the second as well. He had a ninth at the DP World Tours, yeah. just over the road, isn't it, or over the corner, whatever you want to call it. You know, he ended weekend 68-65, finished tied ninth there in 2016. And like you say, uh, you know, he missed the cut of Oman last year, uh, this year, sorry, but he finished second the year before uh, to Kurt Kitayama. So, look, if there's if the links there between Oman, then great. He was second there. The links there between Qatar even better because he's first and second. So, um, I hate it when, you know, it's like... Well, like, well, like, we're saying, like I said about the group of players there, although it's... 
there's a lot of names in the event. It's still not, there's not the very top. It's not like, you know, the event we're going to go on in a minute where, uh, you know, there's, there's a standout favourite and there's a reason there's a standout favourite. I think these a lot of these players are much of a muchness, aren't they? And I don't think Campillo is going to be afraid of coming up against any one of them, really. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, yes, it's Middle East, it's Campillo. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you know? That's the time. I mean, yes, I say. like you say, you, you, as you rightly say, you've got the whole lot. You've got from Kaima through to whoever you want. So, yeah, I mean, if somebody wanted to put up Valimaki, I'm surprised that more people haven't. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't complain about it. But yeah, 80 to 1, then 70, 80 to 1, I'll, I'll take the chance at that price. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, it. I think you're actually talking me into him, which is, which is you know, something that I didn't I think that, I'd, I'd let happen to me. But here we are. So he doesn't play like he did last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then just one other one, one other one really um, is Nicholas Lemke, who we wanted to be on last week um, off that um, 11th and 9th at Joburg and Cyprus. Um, yeah, he had 12th at Leopard Creek, didn't he? Um, yes. Two years ago, so uh, so we we were surprised that he didn't play. Massive, massive hitter. Um, yes, I, 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 look, I'll give you that his patting leaves a lot to be desired, but as we always say every single week, um, you know, you can't possibly do everything or everybody will be Tiger Woods. Um, so, and, and the likes of, you know, Peters and Dietrich have also done exactly the same, have failed on the, on the you know, patting surface for many tournaments. So, 140, 150 to one. Um, he had third to Campio in Qatar, hit 65 final round over there. Um, he is one that would have to be put. His head would have to go in front on the line because I, you know, I dread to think what would happen if he was too clear overnight. Um, but 150 to one. He's coming forward. He's trending in the right direction, as the Americans love to say. Um, I thought, yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's me. Uh, that's me done for that. I'm going Alex Levy, and I think you've actually talked me into Campillo as well. So if I join you and it goes wrong, then uh, I don't know who's to blame really. Probably me for oh, jumping on the bandwagon. But but uh, yeah. So happy to move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. South African Open, which is actually starting on Thursday in the in the normal slot. Uh, as we, as we were speaking there, you know there are two clear favourites in Christian Christian at Bez uh, you know, however we would pronounce it, we call him Bez for a reason. Dylan Fratelli, um, both single digits. Now, Dylan Fratelli, you know, he played superb at the at the Masters, didn't he? Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how he gets back on, uh, you know, in an event that, I don't want to, you know, is there, and you know, because there's always seems to be an added pressure with, with home players in their home events. Uh, and South Africa certainly seems to be like I mean, they talk. They're very high on it, aren't they? And the importance of winning the victories. Brandon Stone spoke about it and how he wanted to sort of complete the Grand Slam, if you like, of South African events. Do you think that's the sort of thing that would impact him? What for Telly? Yeah. No, or do you think he's just turn up and do what you like? No, I mean he'll have more attention on him because of the Masters effort, um, and, and that might be it. Um, no, well, I mean you know. Boringly, I keep saying, telling you things like this. You know, Fratelli was playing the Challenge Tour freaking 10 years ago. Um, and uh, he always had something about him. But I, I for me, I don't You were surprised as, how far he's got on me. I, I am surprised how far he's got. I, I'm not saying, he, you know, he, he can't challenge in an event like this, obviously. But um, somebody like Bez or, or um, My Neighbor or somebody like that, um, and somebody else we're going to come on to soon, the 19-year-old, um, they seem to have more something, um, more star quality about them than, than I thought Fratelli did. 
but you can't knock what he's doing you know top 10s top 20s in seriously good pga events and then fifth in the masters you know you had, it's a bit difficult to crab isn't it so well, fair play the thing is that it's kind of it almost looks a little bit lopsided because when you look at his uh european tour victories they're at the leoness open uh and the mauritius open you know they're not they're not star events are they uh you beat jb kruger in the leoness open and arjun atwell in the mauritius open um and then but then he goes and wins the john deere classic on the pga tour last year mm. beats russell henley colin morikawa um you know it's and then he just seems to when i think you know because he's a university of texas kid and he's still only 30 years of age maybe there's just a, a different level of improvement coming from him and you know he you talk about his top 10s and top 20s he had an eighth in the heritage he's got a seventh in the Safeway, an 11th in the honda i think he's just a very very good golfer um and it, it, i'd just be interested to see how you know is he has he come back here because he thinks it's an event that he can just steamroll um because i'm trying to work out the, the idea of coming back here as opposed to dubai i suppose he has no yeah. intention to play in dp world maybe just wants to come home for a bit yeah Don't know. that's that's be well read it but christian bezweden how was superb last week wasn't he um was it is it two bogeys he made three bogeys maybe for the whole week that might be maybe a bit more than that but he but when i looked at it, he was just making like one a day yeah. um which is just phenomenal on that golf course and when everyone else was kind of falling away, he just carried on trudging on through. And he was, he was almost a bit of a slow start to the to the actual final round. But he just, but just when people shut themselves out of it, he just wouldn't. And that's just a sign. I mean, he was sheer class going down that final stretch. I mean, again, you know, you can't you can't expect to make the two putts that he made that really sealed the deal. But it's those people that make those type of putts in those situations. We talked about it, you know, Valimaki made his putt and the Imano. There's something about that, that that kind of suggests you're right, he knows how to win. Yeah, I think if you, it was just interesting. If you looked at the difference between Joburg when you had two maidens out in front and you had Brandon Stone. Um, and Stone's brilliant, but he is, there is something about him, isn't there? There, there is that sort of, um, I mean, I love his post, post round interviews. They're just very, very honest. And he seems to carry that around with him. Whereas uh, I've got this written down. Oh, I can't say it now. I had it written down phonetically, right? Whereas Bez, um, I, it just looks the consummate professional. I mean, that, you know, you, you can see the improvement in what he's doing um, continually, can't you? Um, it's there every year. You know, we were surprised. And then obviously he won um, Valderrama by six. Um, and you can, you can just see it. You know, he played all right at the Masters. Absolutely fine at the Masters, you know. Um, he ranked eighth for greens in regulation. Um, and that experience, he said he played, I think, a practice round with Charles Schwartz at the Masters, I think is what he said. Um, and it's just quite interesting because they obviously fast greens where you don't want to miss them on the wrong side. Um, he then came to Joburg and it was a very, very eye-catching. We mentioned that last week. And he was magnificent on the green. Uh, you know, well, as you say, everywhere this week. Um, he knew when not to miss these greens. I thought it was a fantastic uh, course, fantastic event. If you missed the greens, some of those pins were so tight, um, but you couldn't play away from them. So if you played away from them, you were down the slope and you were 30 yards away. Um, what was impressive was he went double bogey, bogey, uh, halfway through Sunday's round to leave himself three behind. And he didn't care. You know, it, it, it was, it, it was very, very unfazed. And he came out again and, uh, you know, hit a three under, 34 back nine, 32 back nine the day before, I think, the Saturday. 
and everybody else just they couldn't cope so you what looked at somebody like adrian moronk i know he's a maiden but when he made a mistake his face dropped everything went um you know our noose when that when his game went that gone completely uh, and i just thought he just looked the consummate professional he just you know lion but they kept showing him because he's he's flash isn't he you know and he smacks the ball an absolute mile and, and fair play but bez just looked as though he had everything under control um there was no particular effort in anything that he did and his putting i mean he's, he's you know those two putts i think on was it 14 15 it might have been earlier than that the two putts that he held off of about i think they were 18 20 feet something like that straight in the middle it was professionalism and and he rightly deserves to be favorite this week and uh he's going to leave this grade well behind isn't he we it wasn't he the one that we put up as um uh, top debutant at the Masters. Yeah, it was the one to watch was in, 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 in the early preview of the yeah. Masters. It wasn't. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We, we should have stuck with him, shouldn't we, mate? Yeah, I mean, I think what you summed out well there, and it, it sounds ridiculous because that's all they all do. But it was a very professional performance mm. on Sunday, wasn't it? It mm. was just like it looked like he'd been doing it for years. It looked like he'd been winning for years. Um, even when he holds those putts that you know are game-changing putts, it's just very kind of. Uh, self-assured and not overreacting and just right that's job done my part see what the others yep. can bring type thing um yep. i don't think i can ever get him bored in him at seven to one just because I, I find it very hard for anyone that's not called tiger woods at those sort of prices at any given time but i mean if someone wanted to back him at seven to one then i don't know how I'd argue with it. I think you'd have to find someone that, you know, if you really like Justin Thomas, for example, in Mexico, as we're going to come on to, it's not a bad double to have, I don't think. No, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, look, we'll, we'll see how it gets on. I don't think it's the type of person that's going to sort of wilt under pressure. That's like a home event, like we were just talking about with, would that happen for Italy? I don't think it will, but it definitely won't happen with, with Bez. I just think that he, uh, he's just, I think there's too much that's happened to him in his life for him to worry about how the golf tournament goes. I think that's yeah, I something mean, that sort of strikes me from him. My only thing would be that he's such a good putter and I'm not sure putting's going to matter. Um, but having said that, he's, he, I think I texted you on Friday night or Thursday night or whatever it was, every shot he hit, every approach shot he hit was pin high. It might not have been particularly close, but he had his irons dialed in. Um, and his short game was magnificent. I mean, you know, the likes of... We're going about Moronk because, unfortunately, he was, you know, he had a three-shot lead. Um, he didn't have a clue. He didn't want to chip off the green. He he just did not know what to do. Um, and Bez was either floating it to the pin and stopping it or, or chipping and running it, playing great bunker shots um, and saving. And, and, yeah, I mean, he, he was different gear. And if he's got over winning, well, you know, for me and for their, you know, a lot of the South Africans, he's the biggest tournament in South Africa. Um yeah, you can't bet him at sevens, but like I think you say, yeah, thirty, you know, forty-two to one double across. Why not? Well, the thing you, you talk about the text you said oh, Thursday night, you told me that you dumped off Bez last week and he's going to win. Irons were spot on, and I sort of said, oh, I can't you know, watch bloody band, bland win in twenty twenty. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely. Then then you text me the the phonetic of Buzz Eden Hoot. Uh, Buzz yeah, Eden Hoot and then on Saturday I'll text you again is Shaper going to win a week late because we tipped in a week before Bez but the kid is impressive 
So from Thursday and Saturday, you were confident that he was yeah. going to win. Yeah, um, and there he was. And if you had that kind of confidence in the player, um, then, you know, it says it all really, doesn't it? Moving on to... Yeah, put up in the, uh, in the 54-hole column for the Sporting Life, by the way. There you go. See, that's worth reading, kids. That, that somebody did say, that somebody did say, fair enough, um, somebody did say, well, it was hardly, um, um, you know, they've been oh, something along the lines of it's hardly like, you know, the greatest thing in the world. Who would have known that the others didn't want to win? Which I thought was bizarre because I thought the whole point of the whole doing point a 36 or, 50, that, it? <laughs> 36 or 54 hole column was to find the buns that don't want to win. But, you know, fair play. Don't have to read it. You, if can't, you, don't want to. you can't please everyone, can you, mate? No, it's, you can't. it's not what we're here for, are we? Or anyone, fact. yeah. Well, I don't think we please anyone, but <laughs> no. we've got a couple of loyal followers that seem, seem to like what we do. Hello, Oliver. Us. Hello, Oliver. Hello. Uh, yeah, it is Oliver, isn't he? He's and very... Julian. And Julian, but he likes the food takes more than anything, I think. And Woody's probably there somewhere as well. Yeah, shout out to those guys that yeah, have got right. our back. Um, Wilco Nineaber, knee neighbour, mm. uh, very impressive, isn't he? Um, mm. I don't want to be on board at fourteen to one. I think it's enough no. just to say, wait until he gets to some of the big events next week, uh, next year, uh, and take him on. A bit like what I said about Brandon Stone last week. I'd just rather take a chance on these guys at sixty-six to one, eighty to one because they're talented enough to win anything. Um, why, why take him on at such short price? I know it's kind of like. I think the thing with, with Wilco is it's like the fear of missing out on his first win. Like, everyone just wants to be on board when he wins the first time. And I'm just like, well, at 14 to 1, I don't really care. Like, if he wins, he wins. Um, Matthias Schwab, 16 to 1 now. Oh. No, thank you. There's um, a band you can't pat. Yeah, like you say, it might not matter this week, which is probably why it suits him. Um, did you see, sorry, did you see he, he, he missed a 18 inch birdie putt, par putt? One of the, I don't know how I'm working, you know, so I don't know how I get to see any of this, right? Sounds a lot like him. Um, and uh, he missed one, and, and Tony Johnson said, There it is, there's there's the mental block. That's his problem. He, he just loses it completely. Because well, that's the like, thing, is is in this type of field, he's as talented as anyone, isn't he? T to green. Oh, yeah, T to green, yeah. Um, it's just, you can't get someone else to putt for you. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's the problem, uh, because that's why he hasn't won. At the end of the day, he's had top fours galore, isn't he? on European Tour over the last couple of years and nearly won a PGA Tour event as well at the Barracuda. He just cannot make the putts when they're needed. Maybe it helps him this week that putting is of less importance. Well, not, maybe not less yeah. importance, but it's harder for everyone type of thing. But, but I wouldn't want, want to be on him with a three-footer, you know, whereas Bez or somebody like that. Yeah. The, this know. just feels like an event to me where there's just so many players that I'm, just, I'm happy to take on at big prices because I think they're all talented enough, but don't want to. I'll be looking through sort of like covered faces if I had to bet him at anything short a bit like mm. Scott Jameson he's been playing he's been playing well at South mm. Africa he always plays well in South Africa he's got a second in this uh, on this course in the Ned Bank which is obviously a much stronger event than this uh, absolutely no reason why he can't go well but 22 to 1 I'll, uh, I'll give that a miss let's just skip through the few names here because I don't think we, we really want to talk about them Johannes Beerman I could talk about until the sun goes down but he he's not doing enough for me now to say that I've got to go back in on him again Garrick Higo, an interesting going back there at all? He's, he's, I don't know what's wrong there, but um, yeah, maybe he needs a rest. You, you know, he's been playing so well, and this, you know, he's. he's let's oh, see so what I happens. Think, yeah. I think there's, I think that, I think he is the type that maybe is struggling with the weight of expectation because he loves course one here, isn't he? So. Yeah, and and he's been playing so well, like you say, and he was, he was one of including nine, but you know, South Africa's new hope type thing. 
Um, and maybe that just got to him. You know, he's still young. Uh, next person we want to talk about, Jaden Shaper. Superb, isn't he? And and what we were saying, it, he was disappointed. If you just look at his score on Sunday, disappointing. Played himself out of the chance of winning. Mm. But what I what I found really interesting is every time he made a mistake, he was back in again. He was making birdies again. It wasn't like he made a double and that was it. It was, it was the end of the round, you know. He just he kept coming back and it, again he made enough mistakes to take himself out of it and undo the, the good work that he was recovering from. But he just constantly kept coming back and and that's a good sign for the future, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the experience has to do him good. I mean I suppose when they're young we say the experience has to do them good, and when they're 38 we say aren't, they, aren't, yeah. aren't they screws? Yeah, you know. So uh, that tenth was shocking, wasn't it? I don't know if you saw it. It was he pulled he pulled he pulled his tee shot, pulled out a provisional, pulled his tee shot. Um, miraculously found his first ball without radar being there, which uh, is a first, isn't it? Um, <laughs> whether that was his first or second, I haven't got a clue, but he pulls out his first, and in the end, the seven is is as good as he should have had it, because it should have been ten, really, to be honest, um, and that would have killed him off. But yeah, he, he, he then plays a, a fantastic approach to, ele- uh, to 11. Um, yeah, uh, what did he do on 11? Yeah, he drove the green, didn't he, and left himself about 20 foot for eagle. Yeah, it was a brilliant response. Um, anyway, um, yeah, he played well. I mean, he did look dejected at the end, didn't he? Um, and I, to be honest, I think he still could have come second. But had he birdied the last and still hit 10 under, he would have been a lot happier. I yeah. think it was just the end of a very, very long tournament. Um, and, but, and it, but it is that. a tough tournament, isn't it? It's, a t- oh, it's, it's very easy amazing. to make those doubles and bogeys and stuff like that. So... It's not as if he suddenly just played terribly. It's just that when you do make a couple of nervous swings, as he was doing, as he would do at 19 years of age, you know, in a in a first, okay, he's been playing well, but the first time he's really contended at that level, um, you know, I can forgive that. If it happens three or four or five times, then you start to con- you get concerned. But first time, if he comes back this week and and plays well again, you're not concerned, are you? No, I mean it's 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 a virtual major, isn't it, over there, the Alpha Dunhill mm. for them. Uh, I mean, but look at his stats. I mean, uh, the last twice at the Joburg and the Alfred Dunhill. So the two best tournaments he's taken taken part in so far in his in his professional career. Um, Tita Green um, plus nearly plus eleven, and then last week plus seventeen in approaches, strokes gained approach ten in Joburg, virtually ten in the Alfred Dunhill. It's just incredible Tita Green play, and that's going to be crucial here. Uh, so he's going to give himself chances again. I actually wouldn't have put his putting as that bad, to be honest. Um, but I suppose he had so many chances and so many one putts. That's what's lost him the, the figures, I suppose, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the thing. You, you do have to be, as much as stats foot. help, they do, there are those kind of quirkiness to them, isn't it? It's a bit like when it says, you know, people's strokes gain approach numbers are bad. Well, it's because they've hit the ball in such a great position off the tee that they didn't take advantage, you know. There's yeah. always a, a different context to every one of those, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, I know we discussed earlier, and you said he's gone from 120 or whatever down to 33. Well, yeah, because he's played two, you know, two he's good finished events. top 20 at Joburg, and, and he should have been clear second at the Alfred Dunhill. So, I don't know what more you want from him. And You're the field was weaker than last week, isn't it? That's another factor, isn't it? It'll just be so. It'll be very, very interesting how he reacts. And uh, I didn't think he was that bad at 33. He's 24th in par four performance, believe it or not. Um, although these co-sanctioned efforts, you've got to be a bit careful. Um, but I just thought his tee to green plays so good. 
he, he has to be there, you know, if he hasn't got any hangover from last week. Um, so, yeah, he, he was very, very interesting. So, yeah, look, they're, they're, I mean, Ben covered it the other week. They've got so many good young players, and these are the ones that are on tour. Apparently, there's another wave coming through that are sort of in their late teens. It's amazing, isn't it, the, 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 the level they churn out? Because it's not, you know, it's not the golfing capital of the world, is it? It's, it, it's you know, you definitely get a lot of good players, and there's always three or four standout ones in the world of golf. Um but it just comes from Gary Player and Ernie Els and, you know, Goose and people, you know, it just, they just look up to these guys so much. I think there's, I don't know if it helps because there's a limited number of role models that they, that kind of helps. I don't know, it's just a weird angle, but they just, they just seem to churn this quality out every, every year there seems to be two or three standout South Africans on the tour. Mm. And, and then when it comes to these events, you know, they're going to go and win one. Yeah. It's just, it's very, it's, it's impressive, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Dean Burmeister, I thought you'd be interested in. Um, I thought you'd, you know, you're you're a fan of his. Uh, got an eleventh here in 2018 at the Ned Bank. Obviously missed the cut last week, but it was 18th before that. Um, and fifth, you know, in the Italian Open. I just thought he might have caught your eye, but is the price just too short? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, Dean smacks the ball a long way, and he's, he, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's a brilliant putter. Um, I, I, I just. I haven't been convinced that that he's going to get over the line recently, um, and ultimately at 33, you have to. You know, I know he's bigger earlier, but you know we're a day late, and and there we are at 33. I think you've you've got to have a serious chance of winning um, to want to be back in at 33 to one. And and there's some, you know, there's just I, I can't say what it is. I mean, he, he's he was putting like an absolute dream, uh, Italy. He was aggressive all the way, even down the last. Um, he was slightly unfortunate, not you know, how fast the greens were. It just bounced through the green. Uh, he was ending up birding the last rather than eagle in it. Would have put a little bit of pressure. Um, there's just something there, Tom. Sometimes you just can't, you know, you get a feeling, don't you, about certain people. You know, like you yeah. say, right about uh, Bez over the weekend. There's just a feeling that Burmy's done everything he can um, this year without actually managing to, to get that vital win or that top three or whatever. And I just think it's the end of the year and I'm, I'm not convinced that he's in top four. Absolutely. Uh, it'll be 2020 would be wrapped up if Richard Bland got a victory. Uh, it looks like he benefits from the no crowds, um, but still can't get over the line. It's 35 right. to one. I can't be bothered. He played um, well, didn't he? He played well. He did. He played really well. But you just know it's going to happen. Line. And he he, he he can't win, can he? It's, he that's was better simple. on Sunday than he normally is, but it's it was the Saturday round that really cost him, wasn't it? And you need to do it in all four. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you have the bad round, does it? Um, I mean, when you go back to... I think he's played here back in 2016 and he shot 75 on the opening day to put himself out of contention on day one. Like, he had three rounds of 71 to climb up the leaderboard and finish 20th. But, you know, there's just always one round with him and 80 to 1, 90 to 100 to 1, or whatever, when the field gets a bit yeah, and stronger, yeah. fine. 35 to 1, I just, I can't, same as, same as Jameson, I just can't, I just can't get over the block or the price. Um, we're just going to go on to one person in a minute that we both spoke about off air. Uh, I'm just going to talk about Darren Fickart, Darren Fichart, whatever, you know, however we pronounce it. Um, it's been a while since he's performed at the very top level, um, which is one thing that concerns me a little bit. 
because he was a name that you kind of got up all you know every now and then he'd just pop on European Tour leaderboard he'd win a couple um, he has won this year on the African Tour Sunshine Tour uh, and he was 11th in Joburg which caught my eye really because it's been such a while since he saw even the co-sanction event he played that well um, but he, he's of the people that are playing this week he's one of the people that's got a lot of experience here um, ninth, 6th and 12th since 2014 just thought that was enough to, to catch the eye at 45 to 1. Any thoughts to on Darren? Um, he's like the Robert Rock of South Africa, as far as I'm concerned. I, think, I mean, I, I don't know how old he is because I haven't got it up, but he seems to have been it's around in his 40s, awful. isn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, yeah, that's what he is. He's the Robert Rock of South African golf, as far as. 45 like I say. is. How old? 45. Is he really that old? Mm. Oh, I wouldn't have put him at that old. But anyway, so, so that sums him up, really. Um, I think he'll, you know, yeah, he could get there, he'll get a top ten, but I'd be amazed if he's, if he's, he never really had enough bottle to win um, a top event. Um, although appreciate, you know, he's a sort of. Do you remember when he was bumbling around with Thomas Aitken and they'd come over to Europe and they'd hit 62 in the second round and then. Well, that's that's what he was, wasn't he? He, he, would, he would finish top ten in these events and it'd be eye catching. Yeah. Then he'd go back to South Africa and yeah. win, wouldn't he? He had five European Tour wins. Did latest, he really? Yeah, latest two coming in Africa. Uh, 2017 Joburg, yeah. 2013 Africa Open. Um, 18 Sunshine victories. Oh, fair play. Fair play. Uh, t- yeah. You know, two this year, one in January, one in August, and then the Tour Championship 2018 as well. So he's he's very solid at winning at this level, and he can win at the upper level, but it's been a long time since he's done it. So I just I just thought it was enough. It was eye-catching enough at 45-1 to 1 that he played well in the Joburg was shocking last week, which is what's kept his price from probably being 30s, I'm guessing, and unbackable. So I just thought he was one that... it's a bet. I found it quite hard to find a bet this week, and he was one that sort of stuck out to me. No, that's fine. Yep. Like I say, Robert Rock's playing over the other side, isn't he? So uh, You've got to have you can have another representing, haven't you? You're an old man double, can't you? Jamie Donaldson, we talked about, didn't we? He's Love been playing man. superb golf. Yes, um, yes. The concern, obviously, is his back. Uh, it doesn't help when he's got a bad back and then you see him on on the European Tour, Twitter, taking drivers off his knees. Mm. Um, he's just that type of guy, isn't he? He's, he's an entertainer. He's he's chat lad of the tour, loves being the popular guy. Um, had a very good spell, didn't he, in his career uh, to get into the Ryder Cup. Uh, you know, and was never going to eclipse that, I don't think. I think it's fair to say. I think, you know, he had his time there. But, full respect to the fact that he's still playing good golf. I mean, it's kind of revitalised his his uh, career so far, hasn't he, since the lockdown uh, lifted. You know, was it three top 15s going you know, into Valderrama? Um, then finished top 10 there, ninth for the Scottish Championship, third at Cyprus Open. You know, he's playing some great golf. He's been a bit disappointed in the couple of times he's been in contention, um, but it's probably been a long time since he's been there, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you talk about Robert Rock, it's reviving his career. It's the same sort of thing, isn't it? You know, he, I wouldn't have put him down as coming out this year and doing what he's done. Uh, obviously, he loves it here. Uh, was second here in, uh, you know, 1837 or something to Thomas Bjorn. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't uh, that bad. It was only 2013, but it was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, he obviously can play. But like you say, I mean, when he was third um, in the Cyprus Open, um final day you could see him lying on the floor stretching his back and everything like that so 
yeah, look, that's a huge worry. You mentioned, I mean, I don't know how hot he is over there. I presume it's still hot, which won't do him any harm. Um, you know, and he's, I mean, he did play well last week, did he? Let's face it. But, um, but I think yeah. it's kind of telling that he is here this week because you know I know I know it's not hard for him to stick around in South Africa and it's you know it's not a bad place in the world to to play. But he's going to afford a hotel, it, isn't he? Yeah, if his back was that bad, would he not just go home? Like everyone else is wrapping up for the season. Yeah, like, potentially. It, potentially. I know there's obviously the lure of getting to Dubai and, and and playing there, but you know if you've got a bad back, you've got a bad back. So I think he's I think he's good enough to go. And I, I just think he's a type that his back can go at any time, isn't it? It's not. I don't think he's playing hurt. I just think he, it's gonna come out at different times, and and it's gonna hit him. I mean, he's not young. That's that's it, isn't it? He's put a lot of strain on his body. He's never been uh, the luckiest with injuries in his career, anyway. Uh, was it him that cut his hand off or something? Chainsaw an incident? Well, he didn't cut his whole hand off, but yeah, finger with it or something. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like not. Donaldson. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> You know, he's, he's 32nd in par four performance. And, and I think that's that's going to be very important this week. Second in scrambling. Um, I mean, I suppose if you put it in context against some of the ones we've spoken about earlier, who at the end of the day are winning and have got their futures in front of them, it may not be the biggest price you've ever seen in your life. But And because of that, I'm doing what I did with Bess last week in the pod. And uh, I'm going to scrap Talking him. Talking yourself out of him. Yeah. Xander Lombard was everyone's favourite bet, wasn't he, last week? And that was yeah. someone we talked ourselves out of because he'd fallen from 80s to, to 40s, I think, in the end, wasn't he? Or was he even that in the end? Uh, Mr. Cut, as these Twitter bets do. Uh, he's been eighth here last year. And I just wonder if, you know, he's gone out to a backable price again. Yeah, at, you know, 60s and, and, and things like that. Because we, we see it all often, don't we, that everyone gets on a player... He doesn't perform. Everyone can't forgive him, and then all of a sudden he goes and places or wins, you know. And and he's good enough to do that in this field, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fifteenth at Joburg was eye catching. Everybody else in the world was on him the week after because of was always obviously his Leopard Creek form. Um, worry is he doesn't get it done, does he? But no. which is a worry again. What we discussed earlier at thirty three, but now, you know, you can take the chance, can't you? Um, well, that's yeah, the thing not? is he has one on the, the Sunshine Tour, isn't he? So he's won. He's, I mean, it's a slightly better field than that, obviously. But he has, he can win. I think he can win at home. I think he's that type of player. Um, and, and like you say, 60 to 1 versus 25 and 30 to 1 shot that needs to win to get your money back. Um, just worth worth looking at. Again, I don't have a really strong opinion on this week. We've got one more to mention at a three-figure price, just because I think he's a big price. And then I'm, I'm done for the week, so I'll let you go on for your... Uh, your couple here. Yeah, I mean, um, the final one really was um, Scott Vincent, yeah. who's been catching the eye uh, throughout this year, really. Um, top 10 at Hanbury Manor, I think it was. Um, and then when he was eighth at Portugal, he's quite interesting. Um, he was eighth. Uh, he's tied with Campillo, incidentally. Um, and Lemke was sixth over there in Portugal. So there's another Campillo Lemke um, tie in. Um, Nine Abel was 14th, and Brandon Stone was 14th over in Portugal. Um, you know, he can play, and uh, he's been doing well, obviously, over in Asia for a number of years. Uh, he's only won one tournament, won that by five. Um, back over here, I think, back over here, he's got a couple of uh, top fives, or four top fives, I think. Um, 
Uh, in the Lion, he was second to Brandon Stone. He's got fourth in the Eye of Africa, fourth in the SA Open in 2018. Um, over in Asia this year, over in Japan, he looks like the player that doesn't want a uh, easy course because his, his highest ranking on the world uh, golf rankings is that effort in the Japan Open last year. Yeah. Uh, and the winner won in 285. So um, that was a typical Open as we know it, rather than that, you know, odd American Open that might be one in 16 under. Um, so it's a proper Open. He's fifth at the um, PGA over there as well in 2019. So the harder it is, it, it, I think it, the better he is. I mean, Portugal wasn't exactly difficult conditions, but it, you know, it's one of those courses that does tie in with the likes of Qatar and, and a little bit of wind. And um, so he's got that form there. And I just thought he was looking in the right direction. You know, 30th in Joburg, 69-67 start. And then 17th last week at the Alpha Dunn. It was a terrific effort. Um, it's not quite as... I mean, you've got... Yeah, obviously, we've discussed that, you know, the fancy players here. But the, the, the field in depth after those isn't, I don't think, um, as possibly as strong as it was last week. As somebody brilliantly put, never seen so many bad players in one tournament. Um <laughs> And I just thought, you know, there might be something there. You know, he's he's had a bit of TV coverage um, during the lock, post-lockdown period over here. Um, so he's going to be used to that. Um, yeah, you know, he's in and out, but he's in a rich vein of form. Um, yeah, I, I I just thought 80 to 1 was, was you know, his overall his overall ranking is, is very high recently. I mean, he's top 20 um, in his last four completed outings. So Portugal, Cyprus, uh, Joburg and Alfred Dunhill, his overall ranking is in the top 20s. And you take that into this field, I don't think it makes him an 80 to one shot. No, I can see that completely. Absolutely. Aaron Cockrell was the other one I thought about. It was just, I know he missed the cut last week and, and that came after, but that did come after being in contention in Joburg. And I just think that maybe he just needed a week to decompress from that. Um, he wasn't. It wasn't quite in the thick of things because JB Hansen and Wilco were sort of battling between themselves. But I just, he played very well, and I just think in the limited number of starts that he's made on the European tour, he's been really impressive. He's very solid. It seems to when he gets through the weekend, seems to make the top twenty. And and again, this isn't the deepest field, and he's at hundred to one for someone that finished fourth, you know, two weeks ago. It just seems like a big price. I know there's a miscut. I know he's not a world beater, but. He just seems a very solid player. and might just be worth a look. Yeah, it's that type of Sean Croker uh, type thing, isn't because it? Because he didn't, he didn't do anything particularly wrong that final day, did he? he? Just He just wasn't close enough when it came down to it. And Wilco, nine neighbor was, you know, pummeling. Oh, he was never in it, yeah. And and JB Hansen was playing the, the week of his life. So he wasn't right in it, but he just didn't go, he didn't go out of the way, did he? No, Hansen was certainly playing the week of his life, as we have found out over the last weekend. Um, yeah, resume normal service last resume week. Resume normal service, yeah, absolutely. Shocking. Lightning uh, in the bottle. One swallow doth not make a summer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, you can have Cockrell, you can have whatever. Like I said, Sean Croker, the, you know, uh, Julian Suarez must have um, improvement in him. Uh, I mean, you know, pick who you want. I mean, Cockrell's not young. You mentioned it last week. You know, didn't really do a lot on his home tour. Um, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not fussed, but. Why it's not? one of those that I just I, I generally struggle to find a bet in this event, and it's one of those ones I don't just want to put people up for the sake of it. It's just a couple of names at decent prices I thought were worth mentioning. I don't think they're even really bets. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to move on to the final event of the week, which yep. is the Maya Cobra Golf Classic. 
very strong field this week, which we don't normally get in this event. Um, Justin Thomas is the 13-2 favourite ahead of Brooks Koepka, 12-1. Harris must win this week at some point. <laughs> English. Abraham Anser, 18-1. Daniel Berger, 20-1. Victor Hovland, 22. And top 10, Tony, 22. So... There's a very strong field and strong contingent here, which is allowed, I think, for some from exciting prices for a couple of players. And let's just talk about Justin Thomas for a minute. I mean, we've been talking about it a couple of times, and we, we mentioned it to Ben as well on the the Masters podcast. Does he is he unhappy? What what, what, what is, it, is it? Just his face. Yeah. I don't know if it, did he just come out of the womb like that, and we've just never realised. He doesn't look happy at all, does he? I just on don't know post. if it's one of those things that like he's playing really well, and he probably thinks he should win more than he has. Which is ludicrous because he's won, he's, he's won a lot of golf events. I don't know, I don't know, but I think, like you say, he, every time there's a small mistake, he doesn't seem to be able, he doesn't shrug it off, does he? It just seems to. I wouldn't say he doesn't shrug it off in terms of play, but he just looks like he's. No, he just he just looks like he lives and dies he? by the shop, doesn't he? And and although, like you say, he can come back and he does he does contend. It's not like it ruins him for a couple of weeks no, or whatever. No, he's a proper he's, player. He's ridiculous, player, isn't he? He's yeah. a, he is absolutely superb. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I like I said, you're fair. I can't back anyone at six to one, thirteen to two, especially in an event where I think fifty people can win, um, because I think conditions can change everything. Types of event. I mean, this is a fire at the pins, you know, type of event. And although he's very good at it, and he's great with a wedge in his hand, and his irons are probably the best in the world Does consistently. Does he need to do anything? Yeah. It, yeah. Is is it just one event too many? Yeah, does he need to do anything? Uh, he doesn't, does he? So um, maybe he just wants a trip to Mexico. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that um, rather like the European Tour, we had a massive article about George Casino turning up at Joburg and he didn't. Um, there was a big article about Dustin turning up here, which I could never see. You know, he's having far too much fun. Um, you know, and obviously he's not here, so uh, Thomas wouldn't have been favourite. The only um, thing I wonder is, is because they have that rule, don't they? Where they have to add a new event every year to their schedule is there something about that that may be why he's here because he just thinks oh, I'll just chuck it in at the end of the year yeah. don't know I don't I, I can't I can't really I mean he, he played it in 2013 he hasn't played it. I don't know when the criteria then resets but it just seems to me like it's one event too many I, I, I'm never going to sit here and say Justin Thomas can't win because he can win anything at any time um, at any level with any company but it just it's just not for me at no well two. I mean, the last three winners have come off pretty poor efforts. You know, Todd, who we know, just like wins out of nowhere. Three missed cuts coming into here. Kucha wasn't particularly doing anything special. 28 was his best. And Kizaya, he uh, missed his cut. So Thomas has got far too good form to win this. Uh, and there's probably a more, des- there may, may be more of a desire uh, further down the list than there is with him. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I just I just wonder what he's going to do. If he's, if he's 12th, 13th, is he... I wonder about his motivation. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Brooks kept was the same, really. I don't know no, if it's just get some reps in. I have no idea why is it. Um, the Harris English is the most obvious, you know, candidate for a victory of anyone for a while now. And like I kept saying to you, he's got to win at some point to take advantage of this form. And it's last chance to this week. I mean, I can't have him at 16 to 1, but I don't know what price you make him. Because he's that he's playing that well, isn't he? Yeah. It's, it's, it's frightening how well he's playing, yeah. but he's you got to, he's got to win at some point. Because what worries me is that, like, 
I know it's you know it's only a month or whatever. You know, and then he's back at Sony where he's I don't know, he's won there and played well. But you know, this, this is of course he's won out. He's finished fifth last year. He's striking the balls as well as he ever has. He's playing the best golf he ever has, and he's still not getting over the line. And it and it and I don't know how he must feel about it because I'm getting frustrated for him at this point. But he had he had his chance, didn't he? Mm. Um, you know, he's had a couple of chances. He had a chance last time. He had a chance. Um, I think the CJ Cup. I think. Um, you know, he's had his chances, um, and he's not taken them. And you know, it's all very well finishing with 62, but you put yourself out of it for the day before, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's look, it's a bit, it's a bit ropey, isn't it? To be honest, especially at 16. You know, especially taking 16 to one. It's. Uh, but he has got motivation. There we are with you know a player that that wants to desperately win this year. Um, can't really do much more than he's doing, can he? He, he might fall over the line. I, I, it wasn't for me at the price. Yeah, no, I just, you have to mention him because it's entirely so well, obvious yeah. while he's here. You know, yeah. He has every credential uh, going. If he wins, no one will be surprised. Um, it's just a matter of when. Nobody will be on though, will they? But no one will it's be on. Too to one. No. Uh, I would have applied the same to Abraham Anso in the sense that it's mm. way too short and no one should be on. But he's a very popular section this week. And I just... I can't. I mean, it's just for me. It's just the fact that I know he's a, an excellent golfer. Um, he's played well. He's an eye-catching performance in the Masters, albeit the final day. Um, again, he looks like he's a winner-elect on the PGA Tour. Sure. Played very well in the Presidents sure. Cup. Uh, he still hasn't won, and he's, he's sixteen to one. I mean, at least Harris English has got those past couple of victories. Yeah, it, over, it, it worries me. Sixteen to one. Shortening, they're shortening the ones that appeared in the Masters, aren't they? Um, that, that that's the worry, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, it, it's a terrible price. Um, this I'd rather back Daniel Berger at, at the same price, although you can well, get bigger on Daniel Berger. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, we started off. Uh, Berger was one of our first winners on here, wasn't it? I think back yep. in June when he won the Charles Schwab. Um, yeah, and, and uh, if this turns into a patting contest, which it, it potentially will, if he's still going um, in terms of sort of motivation, um, then yeah, Berger's, I think Berger's got a fan. I don't know how we can only be. I mean, okay, he hasn't played here for six years, but that's a shocking effort um, back in 2014. Um, but yeah, he's been, he's been absolutely brilliant. I think we, we agreed that he's play, he was playing the best that he's ever played, uh, even before that, before the lockdown and then come back we stuck him up and he, he did the job that he was supposed to do uh, that's the difference isn't it he, he did the job Harris English isn't despite yeah. putting him up a number of times um, yeah I agree I, I'd rather have Berger than um, answer but either way let him win it don't make no difference to me top 10 Tony returns who had a top 10 in 2015 I I mean I haven't forgiven him for the Masters I think I don't know if he was hurt I don't know what it was but it was so sloppy he had so many opportunities to to go out the leaderboard, and, and it was it was dismal. Um, so, as much as I love Tony Fee now, and I can't wait for him to to get that win again, I just he won't. He will win again. It's not the Puerto Rico. He will he will break that. Um, okay. But it won't be this week. Russell Henley, another one, a bit like Harris English, isn't oh, it? Oh, let's stand, didn't he? You know, he's doing exactly the same. And let us down at the RSM, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 where do you go? I mean, 
they're both going to probably end the season with, without a victory after playing absolutely superb golf since the restart. It yeah, just, it'd I mean, just be a worry for both of them because they've, I mean, again, you know, at least with English, he's in the top 50. Henley needs to get in the top 50. He's 56th in the world. But Henley can't finish off his good play. It's in front of you, isn't it? I mean, mm. that CJ Cup, he really should have won the CJ Cup. He's in front and he, he was pretty rubbish after that. I know it was a silly tournament, knows a silly course. Um, but there we are. You can see it for yourself. You know, he's, he's gained nine strokes on the field in his putting, which is where, uh, uh, you know, a lot of his past form has come from. And every other time he's losing shots. So his last three, he's, you know, and you're not going to be able to do that over here. So, no, not for me, thanks. He's, he's got no real form here. Um, to shoot 77. Second round last year is pretty crap. Um, no, not, not really interested. Not until he shows more on the green. Man, we spoke about off air that caught the eye last time out um, playing at well, one of his favourite golf courses, Ricky Fowler. Uh, mm. Second in 2018, 16th, 2019th here. And needs to win. Needs yeah, to win he to get really back does. The top 50. Or he? needs to do something anyway. Well, he's 49th in the world, but he needs he's risking lo- dropping out of there, isn't he? And, and he needs to do, like you say, he needs to turn it around. And he's 50th, I think, actually. Is he? According to the tweet today. <laughs> There I think go. he's on the bubble. He's 50th. Yeah. He he can easily fall out of it. That's the concern. And he hasn't got... It's a bit like the hero where he normally goes and gets, you know, free, you know, well-ranking points. He can't get that this year. So he needs to do something before he... Because uh, how long has it been since he's fallen out of there? It's been a long time, isn't it? Yeah, it will be years, won't it? Absolute years. Do you think he can just turn it around on that, on the spot? As he... Yeah, I wouldn't back him, but um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I don't know what he's got to do, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him top five. Um, there, there was that little bit last time, wasn't there, in the Masters? There wasn't. It wasn't brilliant, was it? But um, I think there's been a little bit with with Ricky Fowler. I mean, look, you, you like it's in front of you as well, isn't it? You know, um, he needs to give the Harmons a call, and he'll be all right. He's got some fantastic rounds, and then he screws it up with with some shockers, doesn't he? So there's there's, there's an inconsistency there, but the game's still there. I mean, you've got plenty of mid 60s rounds um, all over the place. The problem is they're surrounded with 73, 74, 75. I think uh, I think it was Mike Miller that put it there, that him and Jordan Spieth have both had a steady decline since they got married, and it's not you know they have to get married. They, oh, they, yeah, that's why des- they deserve that, don't they? But <laughs> everyone has a right to do that. But do, is, does your attention go from the golf course? That's what we're trying to do to you, Tom, to warn you off from that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm so successful beforehand. No, but, but that and not have... It doesn't matter what level you're at now, mate. It'll be worse for after. Um, don't, and don't even think about children. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe your focus is elsewhere. Why not? It should be elsewhere, shouldn't it? Um, yeah, he's, got to have a, he's, he's dedicated his whole life to the sport until now. And maybe, maybe it just is. You take your eye off the ball for a little bit. You change things up because you think something needs to change to, to take the next step. Uh, it backfires, and you just maybe. hope that he gets back to it. It's like it's like those that play really well, and then they change their their swing. Mm. You know, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? Um, but it happens in all sports, doesn't it? Every sport. You know, I read the other day. You don't, it doesn't really matter. I was reading about darts. I don't know if you follow darts. I don't Peter follow Wright, darts. Is Peter it, Wright, who won, who won the world championship last year. Is messing about with his darts. 
And you think, not his hair this time then. No, no, his hair's still cool. Right? It's um, it's like, why? It's like that they they win tournaments. They go, oh, it's all right now. We've changed clubs. You know, no, you've just won a tournament. Why? Are yeah, you at least with, at least with that, there's a lot of money involved. Well, there is, but but there's more. Once you've got your first few million, you don't. It doesn't matter, does it? It's irrelevant. And and it's just a really bizarre thing. It's the it's seeking of perfection, isn't it? It's, I mean, I don't know. I don't never get there, but uh, there's a point where you you reach a pinnacle, I guess, and you're trying to seek more, and it seems to manifest itself in. In, in other objects or, or whatever it's it's really really weird and it just makes you laugh when you hear on the coverage and it's every time someone that's been out in the doldrums for a little while and then you hear on the commentary and so and so has gone back to what he was doing three years ago yeah. with with his former coach yeah. harris english was another one he's got back to playing to his strengths instead of trying to seek distance or whatever yeah. it was alex but, levy gone from technical to feel just yeah, it's weird. just go back to what was working <laughs> i mean i get I strange get creatures sort of... I get the I get the changing caddies thing, for example. I get that because you're yes, with them all the enough, time. You? Um, get fed up of each other. Yeah, but it's it's also. I mean, I remember when I did play golf. Um, the golf coach said to me, he said about about the clubs. He said, when you look at the clubs, what do you think? And blah 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 blah. Now, what do you mean? He went, you you don't have to hit the club to have confidence in it. You know, it's it's really weird. And he was right. You know, you look at something and you go. I, I, you know, I, I say you really like that nine iron or whatever, but you like the look of the club, so you, you have this sort of. And, and I suppose there's so much that I mean, all they're doing is hitting golf balls all day, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and having the coach and having the caddy. And if then any element of that is out, um, that yeah, can something, something like that has to be the reason they play badly, isn't it? They have because, like you say, they're practicing all the time. They've got all the technical ability in the world. Mm-hmm. So there has to be different factors that takes your mind off of it, and that's clearly what's happening with yeah, maybe Ricky. He's just maybe. he's just changed his swingers and he's gone to a different coach, and it's it's, it's not working. I mean, you can see it. And he's he's got that pre-shot routine at the moment where he's constantly just he just seems to be working on it. And it's yeah. a bit a bit concerning, isn't it? Some Probably of these played a lot of feel for his life. Some of these routines are just they need to stop, don't they? And and the putting ones are just boring, aren't they? I'll go back to Moronk again, sorry, but Moronk's putting routine. My, no, I mean, he's never, he's not going to win doing that because it is so long and so he's trying to do something that isn't natural to him. And I think that's the key. Uh, yeah, you've got absolutely. to do things that are natural. These are naturally talented people. Um, and maybe, I, we're surmising, we don't know, maybe they are looking for perfection where, you know, it can't happen like that. You know, um, playing it by numbers doesn't doesn't work. But anyway, no. uh, going back to your point about Ricky Fowler, he's he's 49th in the world. He's projected to finish the year on on 50th oh, okay, on the dot, okay. uh, which ties us on to the next player is Will Zalatoris, who is 50, he's 60th in the world and is projected to go 56. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is so much. Uh, going for him this week, isn't it? I mean, he mm. he will be desperate to get into that top fifty. Um, you know, all that comes of that next year if he does so, uh, Masters, everything like that. You know, his his play this season, albeit at a different level for for the majority of it, is just absolutely outstanding. Lowest worldwide scoring average in twenty twenty across all OWGR sanctioned events. Minimum sixty rounds played. Webb Simpson sixty eight point five eight. Wills Adesori sixty eight point six one. Better than Dustin Johnson. And then he has been in the top 10 in 61.9% of his rounds in 2020. The highest percentage of any player with 60 plus rounds. 
Dustin Johnson is the only other person with 60%. Again, it's important to reference that, that is a lot of that is on the Corn Ferry, but he can only play what's in front of him. And he's carried on doing it, hasn't he, since he's made the step up. Um, my only worry with him this week is that if it does turn into a bit of a putting contest, he, you know, that is the weak, although it's not a massive weakness, that is the weakest area of his game. Um, but 33 to 1 when he was going off at what 14 to 1 favourite when we first started talking about him on the PGA Tour. Yep, yeah, I mean, need? yeah, 8th at Corrales, which, um, you know, is another similar event to this one. 16th of Bermuda, he should have done a bit better there, but, you know, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Um, and everything else, you know, you look, you look at his figures, they're absolutely, absolutely incredible. You know, hundreds of rounds in the 60s. Um, this should really suit him. Um, he's not going to mind any wind. Uh, you know, he's going to give himself, God knows how many chances. He's going to be going in pretty short irons, I would imagine, all the time. And yeah, look, it's whoever it's has, striking is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, whoever has, whoever has a lucky week on the greens at the end of the day. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, you know, you know, Todd Kucher, his eye all came off the miscuts. They didn't go into this with any confidence, um, and they all won. Uh, and here you have, we've been speaking about players that got, apart from Fowler, they've got dramatic um, amounts of confidence the way they've been playing. It's just, ha- it's a really weird thing because you finish the Masters, and then that that week off, it's it's very weird thing to now come to the final event, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a strange way to it, do it. Yeah, it was a strange way. They should have carried on. Um, I don't know whether they gave the week off because they wanted to get more of the Masters field into something like this, maybe give a week off. But it's a very, it's sort of sitting alone, isn't it, this tournament? Um, it's hard. Like, we, we, we're finding it hard to have the stamina to keep going and talking about these events. You know, I'm quite happy to say that. I think a lot of people have been writing about it in their previews this week that, you know, this is going to be the end for the PGA Tour. Obviously, we've got the DP World Tour to talk about next week on the European Tour. But, you know the players. You know they must be exhausted from the, the from the run they've been on. I know obviously they're golfers and they should be able to cope with it, but you know well, that doesn't take it away. It is something, isn't it? You know, there's been a constant stream of events. Then you have this sort of week off, and then you've got one event before the whole year ends. It's just a strange, strange yeah. situation to be. In. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. They're golfers. And they should be used to it, but it's still, it's you know, it's demanding, isn't it? You yeah, know, it's, if, if you. I'm not saying every tournament is demanding, but there are a lot of them this year that we've seen. And especially in the bubbles as well. You know, the restrictions that are, are this there. This is the thing is they're not, they're, they're having to travel with their caddies. They're not allowed to travel with their partners. Mm. You know, they're, they're, it's, it's a lot. And these are human beings at the end of the day and they don't get seen as that sometimes. And like we just spoke about with equipment and things like that, the, the slightest things, inconveniences can put you off. And, mm. and you don't know that until, until it happens. So, you know, as much as you can do all the research in the world, you're you're guessing a little bit and what's going on between the ears, aren't you? Yeah. But Carlos Ortiz, forty five to one, seven places. It was fifty to one when I when I first sort of looked interested in, but I spoke to you a bit off air and, and the way I kind of saw it, and this isn't really intended as a dig, but it's gonna come out that way anyway. But Abraham Answer is eighteen or sixteen to one. Hasn't won yet. I know he might be the better player in the long run. I don't think that's going to be up for debate. But one of them's won on the PGA Tour, beating Dustin Johnson. One of them hasn't. Uh, Carlos Ortiz has not only won on the PGA Tour in Houston, where he lives, uh, but he's also won on the Corn Ferry Tour in Mexico, where he's obviously from. Mm. So he obviously loves these home events. Um, He was fourth in the Houston Open as well. He's been second and ninth at this golf course. Um, 
you know, he just he played one well in Valero Texas Open. He just he likes his home comforts. And when he won on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2014 in Mexico, he followed that up two weeks later with the win in Panama and finished ninth and third after that. Finished 16th in the WGC Mexico Championship earlier this year. I just think that I just think I just think he's a good price because the last evidence we've got is him beating Dustin Johnson. And I know, you know, maybe the motivation wasn't there for Dustin Johnson the week before the Masters. Um, but he was he was splendid in that in that performance. And okay, he didn't win here last year, but he came into against Brendan Todd and he only you know finished the one shot behind him. I just I just think he's a good price. I, I don't see any real negatives to him other than whether people think that was kind of a one-off week in Houston. Do you, do, you, do you worry about the winning and then going in again? Back-to-back thing, it's it's difficult, well, isn't it? The, the only evidence I've got is when he did it, when he won in Mexico, and then when he, two weeks later wins in Panama. I know it's a different grade, um, and it's a different level, and, and it's you know, life-changing, but if he's going to do it anywhere and back up a good event, it's going to be on this golf course in this country. That would be my thing. I mean, if he doesn't win this week, or doesn't top 10 this week, should I say, um, he probably goes back out to 80 and 90 to 1 to start the, the year again next year. But, you know, I just think strike while the iron's hot and, and hope that he carries on playing well because the evidence is that he likes the golf course. That's the main thing. You know, he's got a second and a ninth here. I know he's had some bad ones in between, but, you know, there, there's nothing to suggest that he won't play well. That's no, no, no. His approach figures are fantastic, aren't they, recently? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that would be my thing for him. You've got another one at the same price as well. Uh, Mark Leishman, um, yeah. who's been... Um, He's been popular quite, uh, this week, hasn't he? He has been popular, which is probably why I won't bother, because we know we know about the Twitter curse. They never win. Um, look, Leishman hasn't done a tap, really. Um, he's a Everybody knows he's a miles better player than what he's been showing. Um and he's a lot more positive after his Masters effort, as he should be, finishing with a 68 and finishing 13th. I think you're relying on that form to continue. Um, where is he in the world, Leishman? 26th. All oh, right, so he's in absolutely no danger, no. Um, despite a, a pretty abysmal last few months. But I thought the key, similar to JT, really, but obviously at a bigger price, um, you know, the CIMB in Malaya, or Malaysia, and... Um, uh, you know, it's just a huge pointer to this. And I just thought after that 13th last week uh, at the Masters at Augusta, um, and given the link in, in Malaysia, I thought, you know, why not? I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, the biggest standout I've ever seen. I actually think that um, there's a player further down that is probably more appealing than Leishman at, at the prices. Um, but there's definitely a link there, and he looks like he's coming back to form. He's a top-class player when he's right. Wind makes absolutely no difference to Australians. Um, and we'll see what happens. But uh, the more and more I look at it, the more it's less appealing than the other fella. I think the thing with him is is that what he needed to do was get out of that rut. Yes. I mean, that, and he's done that. So regardless of whether, you know, he loves the Masters, so it was a good place for him to do it. And, you know, because it was a tough event for a certain amount of days that, you know, it, it favoured him being there. You know, there's a lot of that to it, I think. But he just needed to see himself through four rounds um, when it wasn't a given, when it wasn't a default. No, he no, had to no, play four rounds. No, he had no, to make the cut. No, no. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, once he's done that, then you can start looking towards him again. I think that it'll do him good to... What I think he needs is another good week to back that up here. 
and then he can go into the new year with a bit of renewed confidence again, can't he? Because he'd won Tory Pines earlier in the year and then fell to pieces. But, you know, he was when he played here in 2000 and I think, what was it, 16? Um, finished top 25 and he had a 65 in the second round. So there's no reason, the, there's nothing about the golf course, is there? You know, to suggest he can't do it. Like you say, he won the CIMB, CIMB Classic, which is a massive pointer with the past Padam Greens, which is a big impact. Um, you know, there's everything to suggest he should go well. I did wonder whether the price was a bit of an overreaction, but he's a class player. And as soon as a class player shows a bit of form, they go in at 50 to 1, you know, and lower. There's people that are that are less talented than him that have not done that much more that are shorter. Yeah, is what yeah. I would say. Yeah, isn't the point that um, it's all relative, isn't it? I mm. mean, you know, had he finished 45th in the Masters, but still been happy, it'd be it'd be a big price this week, wouldn't he? Would you Would you have bothered then, though? Would you no. even have considered it? That's yeah, you, thing, you'd have it? to consider it because because you look at the that CMIMB form um, yeah. where you know you've got Charles Howell there Answers there Lahiri's there who's not playing this week CT Pan who I wanted to be on this week but he's not playing so can't do him either and uh, Emiliano Grio who we're going to come on to soon um, and Ryan Moore as well has got cross form hasn't he um, so yeah you know you'd have to have considered him but if he hadn't shown anything no you'd say he was completely out of form so like like the old, like we said before, does one swallow make a summer? It's whether that is, um, uh, what your your favourite phrase, an outlier. Uh, yeah. Whether that's the outlier in his form, we don't know. And at, like we, we you know we talk about these things and and we talk ourselves into things and we talk ourselves out of things, and uh, I'm talking myself out of it. Well, there you go. Which you did on uh, who did you do earlier in the, in the yeah? There you go. So don't yeah, do but, that again. Yeah. Well, that's that's life. <laughs> you've got to draw a line, haven't you? You've got to you've got to yeah. decide whether it's worth it or not. And, and we're saying not. I, I think it is off-putting when so many people see the same thing very, and it never very. seems to work out, does it? Yeah, very. Yeah. Um, let's go on to you. You just mentioned Emiliano Grillo there. Yeah. Just go on to him before I go on to the next couple. Yeah, we know about Grillo. He's absolutely awesome. Tee to green. Um, look, you can for me you can toss a coin between him and Charles Howell the third. You know, they, they've they, got someone else to putt for them. They'd be yeah, they've got people, their own. They've got their own favourite tournaments that they turn up every single year in, uh, and they can't putt. Yeah, Grio obviously. Well, both them, both them, big hitters. Uh, both them will give themselves massive chances. They've got decent figures. Always have done. Um, greens and reg approach, whatever you want to call it, however you want to look at it, and they can't knock a you know important six, seven foot, seven foot putt to go up the leaderboard. Uh, look, you know top 10 in the Barracuda works absolutely perfectly um, Bermuda we should have done a little bit better started well wasn't great RSM we played really well at um, again until he was in contention and then and then decided not to um, but he, he you know this is his type of tournament it it really wouldn't surprise me he's got uh, three top 15s round here anyway in 16, 17 and 18 um, it wouldn't surprise me to see him get placed at all in this tournament um at 66 is he i think still with he yeah something like that six uh, 660s now he is yeah it's good. i know that how was tipped up in a couple of places and and his price has gone so yeah you know it's a very going to be a very very close matchup um but i just thought he had the form across again with the same tournaments um and he loves it i mean you know this is exactly where he'll turn up 
So uh, he was he, he looked very appealing, to be honest with you. But it would be place market only, definitely. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. Two players, well, three I'm going to mention. One extra I'm going to mention is Sebastian Munoz. Um, I, I don't want to bet him because I just I think it's there's enough there of the miscut and the 64th on his course form to suggest that uh, maybe he can't win here. But I just think he's playing extremely well and he's he's you know performing above expectations everywhere. I mean, he was he was fantastic in the Masters for most of it. Um, you know, he's just been superb this season. Got his uh, win last year, didn't he, at the Sanderson Farms. Third at the RSM, which is a similar sort of, you know, attempt to this, if you like. And I just second in Mexico in the Corn Ferry Tour in 2017, 14th Mexico Championship in uh, this year. I just, there, there was enough about it to suggest that he could go well. Just the, the course form put me off. But I thought 60 to 1 was fair enough and maybe an overreaction to. Not only a bit of course one, but the miscut last week. Yeah, he's playing well, isn't he? Playing really very well. solid. Yeah. Very, very yeah, solid. Like just well. every week, just seems to obviously apart from last time at the RSM. But yeah, just a fantastic golfer who's maturing all the time. But the two I am going to put up: Adam Long, who I won't be obviously alone in putting up. Uh, very obvious, he was second here last year, fifth at the Corrales, which he really should have won, um, but he was poor that final day. Um, I know you mentioned that as, a, as an off-putting uh, factor mm. for yourself. Um, but he was good in Houston. Again, uh, he was 11th there. And then he was 30th at the RSM, where he could have been a little bit better as well. And as much as he was disappointing in that um, Corrales effort, I just I can't get away from the fact that he kind of won very early on in his career when he wasn't expected to. Or very early on at this level, should I say. Um, you know, and when he beat Phil Mickelson at Desert Classic, it just it just really it always sticks out in my mind. I don't know if it's just because of the event itself, and I was watching it. But John Rahm was there, Mickelson was there, Adam Hadwin who's already won was there, um, Patrick Cantlay was in the mix. You know, Daniel Berger. There were so many people around him that it just really stuck with me that he won that. He's then got a second here, a second in the RSM. Um, he was 13th in the US Open. He just seems to have done a lot. Um, in a short space of time and when you look at the fact he was second on the course and fifth at the Corrales which is the past Palum Greens link that was just enough for me to, to get on side with him again um, I think I was on him at the RSM as well when he was 30th so that was enough for me and then Scott Piercy which is yeah. it's been a while since I considered Scott Piercy for a golf of him but he was always that type of person wasn't he that struck the ball fantastically well couldn't putt um, and it kind of you know, he just didn't win. I think I famously remember putting him up for the Zurich Classic uh, because he was partner of Billy Horsham. I was like, well, he hasn't got to make all the putts, so they'll win. And they did. Um, and that's why he's stuck around where he has for as, as long as he has because he was, you know, out of form for a little while. But just his last four events, 19th, 14th, 32nd, 18th, um, he led straight strand approach at Shriners and he was 9th for Tita Green, 20th straight strand approach in Houston, and 12th and 21st in T's green at RSM and Houston. So his ball striking is back to what you'd expect. Uh, he was second at the Sony, third at the Heritage, which are good little indicators to this. Uh, in this actual event itself, 26th, 4th and 16th. Uh, 26th, 6th, 4th and 16th, his last four events, should I say. Um, and then he's played well in the CIMB Classic as well. 27th, 10th and 7th and 3 starts there and had a 65 and a 67 to open in that 27th finish as well. So everything suggests that he can play well. He can play well at this type of event. 
and he's just in good form. He's striking the ball well again. Again, it is one of those, like we just sort of talked about with Howe and Grillo, that someone else needs to really putt for him. He might be able to just bring his caddy in to knock it in for him. But it's... I just thought it was a big price at 80-1, to 1, considering, like we say, there's a, there's a, there's a, a top-heavy portion of the field but there's no one that again he's old enough and mature enough and, and won a couple of times so she just he wouldn't be afraid if he got into contention it's just how the putter holds up yep i'm not a fan of piercy but i can see your long the long bit um yeah he's, he, he's, he's a place merchant i think he's, he's someone that would be a, a top seven chance top eight chance if you, you can get those places as well another couple that i'll mention just before we go off unless you've got anything else to add but Bryce Garnett, our favourite person to joke about. 6th, 7th, 25th, 5th and 11th at his golf course. And he's also won the Corrales. So there's your link into there. 125 to 1. Um, probably finishes 12th or something. Sepp Strack has been striking the ball incredibly well. But again, someone else has got to take the putter off of him. And Oli Schneiderhands is going gonna, is gonna to come back on the tour in a big way, I think. But he got, I think he got in as an alternate into this event. He was going to have to go to the Monday qualifier, but didn't. Yeah, just a couple of names there. We want, we're looking out for Andy Ogletree, aren't we, to see how he performs in his uh, yep. professional debut. And I think you've got one other to mention, uh, 100 to 1 as well. Yeah, I thought Peter Melniarty was um, well worth mentioning. Um, leads the par four stats. Uh, fourth in putting was actually higher than that, I think, at one point. Yeah, I mean, you know, absolutely flying, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, can, ignore, I can ignore last time, to be honest with you, the RSM. I mean, the worry about him is that, you know, we, we've talked about the, you know, this level of uh, track. So Bermuda, uh, Corrales, and he didn't perform particularly well there. But in between, I mean, he was excellent at Science and excellent at the Shriners. Uh, played OK at Bermuda. But it, it, I, I just thought if this turns into a putting competition... It, He's one know, of those you want, it, isn't he? Yeah, you, you'd want to. I mean, ignore last time. and he, he, He's, you know, he's found, he's found something on the greens sort of over the last six, eight weeks. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a punt in the dark at 110 because he hasn't got the greatest of form here. You've got to go back quite a long way to, to find his top 10. But again, you know, I thought 110 to 1 if he started off well. And he's got his last three opening rounds, 66, 63, 65. And that includes the Bermuda. Yeah, you know, 110 was was not, not reasonably appealing. Let's put it like that. But it's not, there's nothing here that, I'm for some reason, I'm more and more... Uh, the two that stand out for me now are Zalatoris and Rio, to be honest, uh, yeah. in terms of having a run and, and having a proper run on Sunday. Just don't um, watch them on the greens. Just watch everything up until the greens and you'll be all right. It won't be good for your blood pressure watching them putt. Yeah, well, it's life, isn't it? Well, there's not a lot good for your blood pressure at the moment, is there, if you believe the doctors? So, you know, might as well gamble away at it. Yes, you might as well. Akshay Batir, Monday qualified. He'll uh, be an yeah. interesting one to look out for yeah, again. Yeah, in the future, yeah. Again, like we've already mentioned, Andy Ogletree. The only other person I'd, I've kind of skipped past and, and I did sort of plan to talk about him was Patton Kazaya. Um, obviously a former winner here, playing really well at the moment. Three top 25s, his last three events. Looks like he might win again. The only thing that sort of put me off a little bit is he had a win here and he's been absolutely naff ever since. You know, that worries me a little bit because it kind of looked like he just won because he was in good form. But he's in good form again now, so... We shall see. Uh, it was a little bit disappointing on the Saturday at the RSM. He shot 65-66 to really have a good, good chance up there, didn't he? And then shot 70 to put him out a bit, really. 
uh, in a low scoring event but nothing disastrous and, and maybe worth uh, another go at 66 to 1 yeah I think just a quick mention we could have a couple uh, Joel Damon who um, doesn't like winning doesn't no if winning, he if it, do you know what if he actually wanted to do well he would he, he would win wouldn't he? he he's a cracking player but he just can't be bothered and just behind Magnotti in the uh, in the betting is Carl Stanley at 140 yet another one who's going to give himself probably 16 birdie looks every round um, team, we'll make team a, no putt this week make, make about four probably <laughs> something like that but one day one day it will happen for him he's playing really well um, I, I like Carl always, always like Carl Stanley but you know um, unfortunately, he's, had, he's had some of the most devastating losses hasn't he oh um, just that, you know you know the way he came back the week later after that after that abject um, 72nd sort of hole was, was wasn't it? yeah was, was stunning but um yeah, he's just playing well, and like, like you say, yeah, his team team can't putt. Um, so yeah, you know, you know more about Zalatoris than than anybody I know. So um, I'll take your word for that. Hey ho, it's one of those ones where you, you, he's in that bracket of you have to find a weakness because he's so good at everything else, and putting is slightly that. Um, but he still shoots sixty five, sixty sixes all the time. But, so but it's, he's obviously it, good enough, isn't he? Yeah, but but putting happens, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. One, like we've discussed a million times, it happens. I mean, we this year we have seen some disastrous putters and some really top-class players. You know, we we spoke about Tommy Fleetwood earlier. Hmm. You know, how, you know, as well as Aaron Rice playing, who is an outstanding putter, that was the difference between him winning one and should have won three, and and Fleetwood winning three this year is, you know, exactly on the greens, but. <laughs> One day will it happen? You know, it's, it's only just got to happen on that Sunday, isn't it? Um, and it's just about the price. You know, yet yeah, none of us expect, you know, expect Carl Stanley or Griot to, to be patting the lights out. But for 18 holes one day, it will happen. And it's it's that against the price. JB Hansen did it. But this is to summarise. So, Will Zalatoris is 13th off the tee, 10th in approach. 137th around the green, 143rd in pain. Yeah. Well, it's a yeah. short game. That, that's it, isn't it? You, like you say every week, if everyone was good at everything, then they'd win everything, wouldn't they? And it'd be impossible to beat. He's got a he's got a weakness. It keeps him from winning every week on the Corn Ferry. Uh, but you know, if he gets the ball as close as he can to the hole, uh, then well, yeah, know, it doesn't matter. He might not need to try that hard. Yeah. No. Let's wrap it up, mate. Let's let's give our picks. Our, there's three events to go back through, so it's going to be a bit of a bit of a summary. But I've just gone with Alex Levy in Dubai, uh, Jorge Campillo, and uh, Nicholas Lemke. Oh yeah, I said I'd join you on Campillo as well, didn't I? So yeah, I so jump on the train and ruin that. So there we go. Hurry up. Um, SA Open. I I really struggled to find a bet in that, and I'm still not even convinced I really want to have one. Um, I think it'll be an interesting viewing brief. Uh, can I put up a selection? I, I just feel like I'll be doing it for the sake of it. Darren Fitzgerald was the closest at 45 to 1. Uh, I'm doing the 54 hole for both Dubai and South Africa for life this week. Um, so I've got no life on Friday night and no life much on Saturday afternoon either. Well, at least um, we're in a lockdown. Sorry? <laughs> at least we're in the lockdown. Lockdown, I tell you. Um, do you know what? I'm really keen on watching Shaper, but uh, yeah, um, I think the only bet there, to be honest with you, is going to be Scott Vincent. Eighteen. There we go. And I will go through mine in the Mayakoba. Carlos Ortiz, 
Scott Piercy and Adam Long had a three for me there. I do, you've got to have a, a tremendous amount of respect for the top, you know, 10, 15 in the betting, but I, I tried to get away from that. I really like Carlos Ortiz until he proves me wrong. Um, I'll, be, I'll be really happy to take him on, especially in his uh, homeland. Over yeah. to you, my friend. You, you've got quite a, yeah, I quite like your argument for Ortiz, to be honest with you. Um, I actually don't think I'm going to play. Um, I, I'm, I looked at the vet, you know, the, we've discussed the, the ones that we mentioned, and uh, you, you actually do put a really good argument out for Ortiz. You're really, really a worry. Um, Zalatoris really appeals to me, um, but I'm going to leave it. I might, well, the thing, I might the thing pay with, money. The thing with Zalatoris is, is, is if he does win this week, uh, what, what price can they make him? Starting, the, head, starting yeah. the year um, obviously it'd be different I don't know if he gets into the tournament of champions but if he plays Sony Open what's he going to be 16, 18 to 1 yeah I mean they're um, Zalatoris, Grio and Ortiz but I, I don't know I, I'll have a proper thing I haven't got the uh, I haven't got any any order of business here um, I think we'll save that for this season ending DP World Tour unless there's any pressing matters you want to talk about no absolutely no. fine thank you yeah no, we'll, nothing uh, this week I'm afraid maybe we'll talk about Christmas dinner or something on the on the DP World Tour, but yeah, we'll be back for that next week. Last event of 2020. A big thank you, obviously, to everybody that's been listening so far. Um, I know we go on a bit, don't we? We do talk I, an awful I lot. I, I was told off the other day. Yeah, I do try and cut you in sometimes, but I was seriously <laughs> told off. It wasn't um, me. I'm guessing that was that the wife. No. Um, oh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so you're getting told off for talking too much. I got told Look. off by, by, for writing too long a column. That's all I'm Ooh, saying. Okay. Well, 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 there we go. Look, you know, we, we like to, I think it's one of those things where we always plan to make it short, don't we? And then we make it long and we just, we're grateful that people listen and enjoy it. We enjoy chatting. It's two of us that enjoy talking to one another about golf um, and we pick our bets out. So if you haven't already, I never actually mention this on the podcast. I normally tweet it and lose some followers. But if you can go and review the podcast on apple itunes it'll be fantastic um if you can share the podcast about you know anything to get us up in the rankings and, and improve our currency and that would be absolutely great uh thank you all and uh, see you next week jason yep good luck tom 